Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The FIA World Endurance Championship on RS3. On RS3. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Very warm welcome, everybody, to RS3, our uh, uh, channel for the year for the World Endurance Championship. My name's Johnny Palmer, and we're kick-starting, well, a momentous season and a half, if you like, the transition season, the super season, as it's being coined by the ACO and the FIA, and this is to realign the championship heading forward to make it an autumn and winter and then into the spring, effectively, season to come through. So uh, this is effectively a unique season, and unique is absolutely the word as we readjust and start our year, as usual, in sort of May time. Normally, we have had Silverstone uh, in the April period, but the season starts, as we learnt last September, in May for the opening race of the weekend. The second, the opening race of the season, rather. The second race, remember, is Le Mans. And that's the only the first of two times that Le Mans will feature on the calendar for this super season. So qualifying today, and it's two doses of 25 minutes, some beautiful GTE cars are being wheeled out onto the apron at Spa-Francorchamps as I speak and we'll take you through the runners and riders very shortly indeed. Plenty of conversation being had uh, in terms of rumours, speculation ahead of this weekend as things settle Uh, but uh, we will learn an awful lot more through the course of this session and tomorrow's race. Incidentally, that starts UK time at uh, 12.30 and finishes at 6.30. And our coverage tomorrow will not only contain myself, but also Bruce Jones and Paul Truswell taking you through the opening race of the the brand new World Endurance Championship season, the 2018-19 campaign. And after Le Mans next month, it's quite a wait until we find round three of the championship which will be held at Silverstone. But the iconic Spa-Francorchamps circuit in Belgium, near enough smack on seven kilometres in length and about half the distance of Circuit de la Sarthe. The reason for the slightly elongated sessions is purely because of the circuit length. It takes you longer, obviously, to do an outlap and then to do your lap times too. So that means that we actually have 25 minutes per session rather than the normal 20 minutes that we will find at Silverstone and then later on in the season can't really say the year but later on in the season at Fuji Shanghai Sebring in March of next year then a visit back again to Spa in May of 2019 and our final visit to Circuit de la Sarte to end the season that will be round eight of the championship LMP1 looks very, very different heading into this new season. LMP2 is strong with the, remember, all Gibson-engined uh, Oricas, Delaras and Ligiers, just the one Ligier fashioned by Labra Competition. But as I say, we're talking about LMGTE Pro and Amcars, first of all, and I'm delighted to say that we've got 10 Pro cars and 9 GTE AM cars, and considering GTE AM was a five-car class last year, to almost double that 
is represents tremendous work from the FIA and the ACO to drum up interest. The Porsche looks to be the strongest as far as the GT. The AM cars are concerned and uh, Matt Griffin voicing his concerns at the, the difference in performance at this early point in the season between the brand new Porsche, which tumbles down from pro into the AM rankings for the first time. So this is the revolutionary Porsche with the engine and gearbox reversed in the rear. So the engine no longer hangs out over the rear axle, behind the rear axle. It actually now uh, sits more inside the car as if the Porsche is a mid-engine machine. And the gearbox box is rearward of that. We welcome Team Project 1 with one of the said 911 RSRs. Jörg Bergmeister is a well-known pilot of Porsches, has been for several years. But also Egidio Perfetti, who last raced a Porsche in ACO racing in the Michelin Le Mans Cup in its opening year. And Patrick Lindsay will make up the third driver in car 56. We'll also have Dempsey Proton Racing with two cars. Christian Reed back again. And he is one of only three drivers to compete in every single World Endurance Championship race from its inception at the start of 2012. Christian Reed joined by Julian Andlauer, who's having a busy weekend because he's also doing the Benelux Porsche Cup uh, racing here at Spa this weekend too. So Julien, the Frenchman, joined by Australian Matt Campbell. That's the 77 car. The 88 will be driven by Khalid Al-Kubaisi, Matteo Cairoli and Giorgio Roda. Other Porsches in GTE Am. Um, well, we've dealt with three of them. The fourth is the Gulf Racing UK entry of Mike Wainwright, Ben Barker and Alex Davison. Again, Australian Porsche driver. We have... Two Aston Martins, and these are 2016 spec Vantages. One from TF Sport, Ewan Hankey, Charlie Eastwood and Sally Yollock. And the Aston Martin Racing entered Vantage GTE with its 4.5 litre V8. Pedro de la, uh, sorry, Paul de la Lana, Pedro Lamy and Matthias Lauder. Not yet able, of course, in AM to run the brand new Vantage, but we will see that in Pro this year. And then the other chassis... In the entry are Ferraris from Spirit of Race, from Clearwater Racing, the Singaporean entry. And they did the full season last year, did Matt Griffin, Keita Sawa and Mok Weng Sun. So welcome those guys back in car 61. Spirit of Race, Giancarlo Fisichella, former Formula One Ferrari driver, joining Francesco Castellacci and Thomas Fleur. That could be a strong team in the AM category, and the other Ferrari is from MR Racing of Japan, Olivier Beretta, Eddie Chiva III, and Motoyoki Ishikawa. 25 minutes on the clock then, in readiness for this GT qualifying, and the clock has started to tick down, not even mentioned the GTE Pro entry yet. We have two 488 Ferraris from AF Corsa, the 51 and the 71. Uh, Ford, Chip Ganassi, Team UK, are at Spa with the 66 and 67 cars. Uh, Stefan Mucha, Olivier Pla, and Billy Johnson. That looks to be a very similar lineup to 2017. But great to have Tony Canaan back at Spa after a very, very long absence. And he's been busy testing for the Indy 500, but has made his way here. Had to miss free practice one, got special dispensation for that. But now we'll join his teammates Andy Prio and Harry Tinknell. And Tony, the Brazilian, is uh, racing at Spa purely in readiness 
for the Le Mans 24 hours next month. The green flag is waving at the end of pit lane to release these 19 GT cars then out onto track and a great sound they make as they start to circulate this seven kilometre track. Um, The Porsche GT team are also here at Spa. Remember, no longer do we have the Porsche 919 hybrids and Porsche as a manufacturer now putting all their efforts into their GT team. So cars 91 and 92, Jimmy Bruni making the step across to Porsche and great to have a former Ferrari stalwart, very much part of the Porsche ranks this weekend, joining Richard Leitz and Fred Makovicki. Michael Christensen in the 92 with Kevin Est and Laurent Vantor. Aston Martin with the brand new Vantage AMR. The 95 car has a very familiar lineup as far as Aston are concerned. Uh, Mike, um, Marco Sorensen and Nicky Team, the two Danes, joined by Britt Darren Turner. But some new names to conjure with as far as Aston Martin concerned in the 97 car. Alex Lynn becomes a full works Aston Martin driver. Maxime Martin, no longer with BMW, he makes the step across to the British mark. And Johnny Adam has been racing Aston Martins for several seasons. Indeed, he is a Le Mans winner from 2017. And the team I haven't mentioned yet. Back with a bang, BMW with their brand new GTE car, the M8, and run by DTM team, BMW team, MTech, the 81 and 82 cars. Nicky Katzberg, Martin Tomczyk, Chomczek are racing this weekend, along in, within the 82 car, Antonio Felix da Costa and Tom Blomqvist. One or two of those names I've mentioned, for example, in the Porsches, like Fred Makovic and Laurent Vantor, not here this weekend. They are though scheduled to be part of the uh, Le Mans weekend where you have to have three drivers you can do a six-hour world endurance championship race with just two pilots and that is what some of the teams for example AF Corsa uh, BMW Team MTech and Porsche GT team are doing at Spa already had three minutes and still cars yet to come round at the end of their first installation lap but this promises to be quite a busy session too with so many cars attacking the circuit all at once. And I noticed that one of the Fords had chosen just to sit out the opening few minutes, maybe to allow the circuit to become a bit quieter before starting to set decent times. But remember that qualifying takes the same form as it did last year. It's not like the European Le Mans series in that you just send one driver out, they go as quick as they can, and the fastest time sets pole. There have to be two drivers in the car across the 25 minutes. So that's another reason why it's a fairly long session. If you don't get two drivers cycled through the car, then your time will not count. And it's done on an average. So add the two times together from two separate drivers and divide by two. And that gives you the car's qualifying time. And there is conversation early on down in the... BMW camp as well I think between co-drivers yes Harry Tinknell is also dressed and raring to go in the number for, for the number 67 car but let's tell you then who is in the various machines for this opening soiree into qualifying the first of the year live on RS3 thank you for joining us it's Johnny Palmer keeping you company for a bit of Friday afternoon qualifying or indeed might be Friday morning, Friday evening, or indeed into Saturday, wherever you are around the world. So thank you for joining us. We'll have the full race live tomorrow. Alessandro Pierguidi 
is at the wheel of the 51 car. We have Thomas Fleur driving the 54 Am Ferrari. Team Project 1's Porsche has Jörg Bergmeister piloting it. Bokwang Sun in the Clearwater Racing Ferrari number 61. The two Fords, 66 and 67, driven by Stefan Mucha and Andy Prio, respectively. M Racing, MR Racing, so Ferrari has Motoyoki Ishikawa driving in. That's car 70. In 71, the AF Corsa Ferrari, it's Davide Rigon. The 77 Porsche from Dempsey Proton Racing has Christian Reed at the wheel. The two BMWs, the MTech uh, M8, numbered 81 and 82. Remember, Martin Tomczyk in 81, Tom Blonkvist in 82. In the 86 Porsche, it's Mike Wainwright for Golf Racing UK. Khaled Alcabaisi doing the first bit of qualifying for Dempsey Proton Racing in car 88. TF Sports, Aston Martin is driven by Sally Yollock. Richard Leitz in the Porsche GT Team RSR, that's car 91, and in the sister car, Michael Christensen, 92. The Astons, 95 and 97, driven by Marco Sorensen and Alex Lynn. And finally, Paul Dallalana has been put inside the number 98 Aston Martin to complete this 19-car entry in GT Pro Stroke Am. And... In a moment or two, we will start to get quick times coming through. We've had an outlap. We're nearing the end now of the first flying lap. And the BMW, it is the number 81 car, is just about the first to complete its flying lap. So what can Martin Tomczyk offer in this brand new BMW? Remember that in the initial design, this M8 was going to have a much lower slung profile. But it was protested by BMW's rivals. And they had to go with a structure which far more resembled the road car. Jens Markart making the point in the lead-up to this race that basically that road car weighs two tonnes and an awful lot of weight had to be stripped out of it to make it into a competitive race car. But it is fantastic to have BMW back again. They'll be at Le Mans, of course, and every indication that there's going to be quite a long uh, attack into world sports car racing, as in several seasons. We keep our fingers crossed anyway. And this is the true manufacturer battle that we now have in the World Endurance Championship with Audi and Porsche stepping away from LMP1. Clearly the prototype class, the top prototype class, takes a very different look this year. But if you want your manufacturer battles wide and varied, then I offer you ten cars from five different manufacturers. Still, unfortunately, waiting for my timing screen to update but times are starting to come through let me try and give you an indication of where we're up to after times have already been set by the 67 car which is currently fastest in GTE Pro from the 91 and the 92 Porsche so it's 4 GT from the 91 and 92 Porsche 911 RSRs then the 82 BMW but it's a 212 that's now been set by the 66 Ford so 66 to the top of the times and I'll remind you that car 66 is being driven by Stefan Mucha so Mucha from Prio is the way we stand with 16 and a half minutes to go 92 Porsche still there fourth fastest behind the 91 so at the moment we have a front row for the Fords, a second row of Porsches and the BMWs just slotting in to fifth and sixth fastest but 
plenty of time for this session to change direction, if you like. And as far as GT Am is concerned, uh, the 88 Porsche is so far fastest. Now, who did we put at the wheel of car 88? That was Khaled Al Kubaisi. He's up against basically a lot of the non-pro drivers, the bronzes, who have to take active part in qualifying, remember. And I think all the teams have chosen to go in that direction. Uh, Paul Dallalana certainly is the bronze in that well-known combination. They are defending champions, remember. Uh, Paul Dallalana joined by his regular teammate Pedro Lamy, who's the platinum, and Matthias Lauder, the silver. Sally Yolok, who is the bronze, is in the TF Sports Aston Martin. Same goes for Dempsey Proton Racing, Khaled El Kubaisi, Mike Wainwright also the non-pro, Christian Reed, Matayoki Ishikawa, Mokweng Son. So it's really only Team Project 1 with Jörg Bergmeister that has chosen to go a slightly different direction and Thomas Fleur as well. Nicky Team out in the number 95, Aston Martin. And what did Nicky do at the chicane? I don't think anything untoward. Just clipping the kerb nicely there, but careful not to get the car fully over the kerb and therefore off the track. Track limits will be closely observed by Eduardo Freitas, the race director, and his team in the race control office. And track limits, particularly an issue on the exit of La Source, the hairpin that kicks off the lap, but also the exit of Radion at the top of the hill as you negotiate Eau Rouge very easy to run out wide to driver's right heading through Radion Corner the 66 Ford is in this is the car then that has set the best time so far and they're doing their driver change now at Ford Chip Ganassi UK meanwhile it is still the two Porsches that are on the second row it's a BMW 5th fastest car number 82 from the best of the Ferraris number 51 and by my reckoning, we have Alessandro Pierre Guidi at the wheel of the 51 Ferrari. Still trying to get fully up-to-date times because uh, my screen would have me fooled that all the cars are still in the pit lane. So apologies for that, but we are just about on top as far as the way the timing screen um, should appear. And it is the 88 Christian Reed car that is fastest in GTE Am at the moment so I think possibly because of this slight timing glitch Jörg Bergmeister not at the wheel of the Team Project 1 Porsche that I mentioned session continues and we are closing in now on the final 10 minutes of this session it very quickly disappears and I mentioned track limits obviously if you do have an issue you go outside the track limits over the white line and the time is erased that really will put your team on the back foot because there is time just about for driver one driver a to do a couple of laps and the same goes for driver two but uh, if then one of those laps is deleted it's a bit of chasing your tail to make sure that everything is done within the designated time. But at the moment, 
Nothing stopping these four GTs that look very, very strong out front. Despite the worry from those in the know to say that the Porsches would be the cars to beat. At the moment, they're only good enough for second and third. So, final few minutes ticking around. It's uh, got steadily worse for me because um, not only do I know not have times now, but we're also struggling, I'm afraid, for pictures. So, I'm sure many of you will be tuned in and possibly with our commentary, with the pictures as well. Not able to fill you in with the session as we stand because the pictures have gone for a Burton. But uh, last time I saw, it is definitely the four GTs that look pretty strong and they're running through their programme then. Having done the driver change on schedule and their second drivers it was Harry Tinknell I think waiting to clamber on board the Andy Prio car so that will be the number 67 dealt with meanwhile 66 we put Stefan Mucke in that car at the start of the session and Stefan Mucke may well have handed over to Olivier Pla if not it will be Billy Johnson because Ford one of actually only two teams deciding to go with a three driver lineup for each of their cars um, this weekend we are expecting Daniel Serra for example in the 51 Ferrari later on in the year Miguel Molina for Le Mans too but uh, the 51 and the 71 just as two driver cars for the opening race at Spa. Possibly a little bit surprised about that because this race is usually treated as the precursor to Le Mans, as the last opportunity to do some test miles. And it means you can get your third driver well oiled in readiness for the showpiece event in about a month's time. But Daniel Serra waiting in the wings as is Miguel Molina. Molina uh, entered as a full-season entry in the European Le Mans series, of course. Good news is I've got times back again now. So let's uh, run you through where we stand after the 67 car has now posted two times. So one from Harry Tinknell, one from Andy Prio. Prio's time at 2.12.604. Tinknell's time a 213.290 that gives the car an average of 212.947 and that means the 67 Ford is currently fastest the Porsche number 91 is now though into second place it wasn't before oh no because we haven't actually had the second time from that car yet so displayed a second fastest but that wouldn't be legal because Jimmy Bruni has yet to set a time. We've done a 213.004 with the first driver in car 91, which would have been Richard Leitz. But Jimmy Bruni, the Italian driver, now takes that car over. And let's see what Jimmy can do then in his return to the World Endurance Championship, but this time with a very different car. 
2.13.004 is the first time set by car 91. The next car on the timing and scoring screen to have set two times is the 66 Ford GT. Stefan Mucken now listed as being at the wheel, so that indicates that perhaps Olivier Pla or Billy Johnson did the opening time and Stefan Mucke has been put inside that car to do a 2.13.777 backing up the better time of a 2.12.420 done by his teammate and that gives the 66 an average of 2.13.098 so of the cars that have done now two times that 66 car is second fastest third quickest is the 92 Porsche having done a 2.13.1 and a 2.13.5 so slightly slower times but the average is pretty good, the average being a 2.13.1. Best BMW is car 82. Fifth on the timing screen, but bear in mind the, six, the, uh, the 91 Porsche hasn't yet given us a second time, so theoretically that BMW is now fourth fastest, a 2.14.5 as an average, ahead of the best of the Ferraris, which is car 51. Alessandro Pierre Guidi now at the wheel, so that means the opening time was done by James Collado. Pierre Guidi's effort, a 2.14.7, and Collado did a 2.14.3, so that gives the 51 a 2.14.5 and means it is fifth fastest. Best Aston Martin is car 97, now driven by Maxi Martin. So Alex Lynn did the opening qualifying duties. Change, though, further up the screen and an improved time for the 51 Ferrari. Doesn't improve its position, but that's brought its average time down to a 2.14.3. Uh, seventh fastest in GTE Pro is the 71 Ferrari. Now Sam Bird at the wheel. The average time for that car at 2.15.3. The second BMW is the 81, and that's eighth fastest, having done a 2.15.477. And Nicky Team now at the wheel, as I mentioned, as the 95 Dane train Aston Martin. Although we only have... Uh, no, there are two Danes, aren't there, in that car, and Darren Turner. And those times from the 95 give it a ninth placed starting position unless we have now had a second time offered by Jimmy Bruni we have not so we're still waiting for time number two for car 91 in GTE Am it is the Dempsey Proton Racing Porsche still fastest Christian Reed shown at the wheel having done a 218.255 that would tally because Christian's time is slower than his co-driver so I wonder who did the opening stint it may well have been Matt Campbell if not Julian Antlauer but Matt Campbell certainly capable of doing a 2.14.790 in that uh, new to the GT Am ranks Porsche number 77 that car is fastest from defending champions Aston Martin Racing Paul Dallalan has done a 2.17.6 to give that car an average of a 2.16.5 and third fastest in GTE Am is the Gulf Racing UK Porsche, which on average times has done a 2.16.734. All change at the top because Jimmy Bruni has now put in a time, his time a 2.13.065. That is very, very close to his teammate. So Jimmy Bruni and Richard Leitz combining to give the car an average time of 2.13.034. That's just 87 thousandths of a second slower than the effort from car 67. It means the two Ford GTs are fastest as we are now towards the very end of this session inside the final four minutes. 
But it is Ford GT's first and second, locking out that front row. What can Jimmy Rooney, Bruni do in the Porsche then to try and slice the deficit? Probably focusing at the moment on the second fastest car, number 66, because that is only four thousandths of a second away. A 213.030 offered by car 66. And the difference, as I say, is four thousandths of a second because the Porsche's average time a 213.034. We could yet have a change for second place on the grid in the remaining three minutes of this session. And there are still opportunities for things to change in GTE Am 2 with Christian Reed, Paul Delalana. And at the moment, Jörg Bergmeister at the wheel of the Team Project 1 car. Locking out those three positions. So, what has the remaining three minutes of this session got in for store? Still frantically trying to search around for some pictures so I can talk you through exactly what is going on at Spa. Hopefully, everyone remains on the track and going about their programme but you're running a bit short now if you had planned to get driver one back in the car we have seen that in the past in well certainly the LMP1 category I remember Porsche doing that on a few occasions in 2017 but generally speaking the bronze driver the lesser less experienced driver has been put in these cars second time around in GTE Am that's mainly because the, the pros can pull out a time whenever they want to they do that as quickly as possible and then allow the bronze as much time as they can at the end of the session to try and improve times it is a 212.947 that tops the times in GTE Pro 0.083 is the gap between those two GTs from Ford Chip Ganassi Team UK and the Porsches that look so strong leading into this round and so strong from the prologue that uh, took place at the start of March at uh, Le Castellet in the south of France at Circuit Paul Ricard Porsche's only good enough so far for third and fourth position. They may be holding back a little bit, of course, for the race and indeed for Le Mans as well, wanting to keep their cards close to their chest as far as raw pace is concerned. But Ford's happy to let the GTs off the leash a little bit, but to the tent to the to the tune of. Uh, well, less than a tenth of a second. Change for fifth fastest as the BMW creeps ahead of the Ferrari. So it's now the 82 BMW M8 GTE, driven by Antonio Felix da Costa, the Portuguese driver. He shares with Tom Blomqvist in car number 82. And Felix da Costa does a 214.351 there to slot ahead of Ferrari number 51. So a 214.0 from the Beamer. It's a 214.385 still from Alessandro Pierguidi's Ferrari. Car 51 that he shares with James Collado. And the Sam Bird and Davide Rigon Ferrari sitting in seventh position. 
having done a 215.104. And it is still Sam Bird at the wheel. Trying to get below 215. Can't manage it yet, despite Davide Regon's time, which was uh, a good two-tenths quicker than 215. At the moment, Sam only capable of a 215.4. Aston Martin's brand-new car, remember, so they're still getting their heads around the new Vantage GTE, as is the balance of performance system utilised by Automobile Club de l'Ouest and the FIA as well. The clever algorithm that continues to update at the end of every, certainly every race, possibly after every session too, and theoretically brings all five manufacturers closer and closer to one another to make that keel ever more even. And as we have more and more races through the year, it promises to be more and more competitive. 83 thousandths of a second is the gap between the two Ford GTs and then four thousandths of a second slower than that second fastest Ford is the best of the Porsches. Do we have a change in GTE AM? No, it's still the 77 Porsche that is quickest and Christian Reed doing his level best to try and get a bit quicker than a 217.9 but the Porsche has done a 216.357 and is good enough <laughs> again I mean this is so so narrow two thousandths of a second is the gap between that Porsche and the Aston Martin of Paul Delalana and Pedro Lamy on the clock the chequered flag is out indeed, so we're now at zero and the chequered flag being waved. If you're already on a quick lap, remember, you are able to finish this one. And considering the 98 Aston Martin only has to find three thousandths of a second, it is well worth Paul Delalana continuing to circulate. Although I noticed that that Aston Martin is now parked up, so perhaps he feels that the Michelin tyres have given enough and... Therefore, they, he can't uh, grab any more performance out of the four tyres beneath the car. That's something, again, that has changed heading into the 2018-19 season, is that we don't have a tyre battle in GT ranks anymore. All the cars in Pro and Am are on the French rubber. So it looks like it's going to be Porsche for pole in GTE Am for the opening race of the season and in in GTE Pro we have the two Ford GTs out front from the two Porsches it's Ford GT locking out the front row therefore ahead of Porsche GT team 911 RSRs of Jimmy Bruni and Kevin Est who finished the session so congratulations to all involved those drivers will very shortly be rushed to the press conference and as they circulate for the final few laps, congratulations now being received by Christian Reed, and photographs being taken of cars as well by various drivers. Notice Nicky Team out of his Aston Martin. Again, Aston may be concentrating on race pace rather than worrying about qualifying the cars in prime position I suppose there is an argument that you want to be out of trouble at the start of the race but then the GTs start mid-pack anyway and if uh, a little bit of carnage were to ensue in the LMP1 and LMP2 ranks 
you're kind of going to be stuck in it anyway. I mean, it's not the easiest of getaways here at uh, Spa-Francorchamps with a hairpin right to kick the cars off. But it looks like most of those GTs are now home and they will be heading for scrutineering for post-qualifying checks as we prepare ourselves for the second qualifying session then this afternoon. It'll be 25 minutes again and this will be many of uh, your first opportunity, certainly my first opportunity to see the LMP1s out in anger and 10 of them at least that is the plan with a little bit of doubt as to how much action we will see from the number 5 and number 6 Ginettas from CEFC TRSM the John Booth and Graham Loudon team run by the cars are run by Manor but uh, under the banner of CEFC as I say and the LMP1 and LMP2 cars are now being prepared in the garage for the moment but they will be wheeled out onto the apron very shortly indeed to be prepared by the teams and then there will be a green flag at the end of the pit lane and we will get 25 minutes of qualifying underway the two rebellions looking very tasty indeed in their black and red livery with the TVR branding on the side of the cars as well and on the dorsal fin we have just the one Enso CLM so far at least although there is talk that uh, another one is in build and we may well see that later on in this unique World Endurance Championship season. And remember, LMP1 takes on a very different look for this 2018-19 season. It is uh, a couple of hybrids in the form of the Toyota TSO 50s with something like three years of development behind them. But remember that they do not rely on purely the normally aspirated engine the internal combustion engine for their propulsion they also have that hybrid system hybrid system as well powering uh, the front wheels which gives it so much more punch out of slow speed corners and the ACO together with the FIA have tried to equalize the performance between the two hybrid LMP1s and everybody else in that class through the equivalency of performance mechanism most people still think the hybrids will just about have the edge but should they hit problems that will bring the privateer teams in LMP1 well and truly into the reckoning so it promises to be not only an interesting race tomorrow and a difficult class to predict LMP1 but it will keep us intrigued throughout the course of the year LMP2 obviously took a very different direction at the start of 2017, becoming a um, a four-make chassis, so not technically a spec category, as in you have to run one chassis and one chassis alone. You do get a choice of four, those being the Orica 07, the Delara P217, the Ligier JSP217 and the Riley Multimatic 
built chassis. We don't have any of the Rileys in attendance. The Orica 07, though, which has proven to be very, very strong throughout the course of 2017, is in attendance because we have an example from TDS Racing, the Dragon Speed car of the USA, and also two cars from Jackie Chan DC Racing. David Cheng not too far away now from confirming driver lineups for Le Mans next month for that team, Jackie Chan DC Racing. But great to have a fully Malaysian squad in the 37 car, Jasmine Jafar, Weiron Tan and Nabil Jeffrey. And we also have waiting in the wings to do a bit of racing this year, Afik Ikwan Yazid to make it potentially four different Malaysian drivers that will pilot the 37 Orica 07. And in the other car, Hope in Tung, Gabriel Albrey and Stefan Rakelmi in the Jackie Chan DC Racing Orica 07s. But as I say, Orica very strong in 2017. And that meant that, again, a type of balance of performance had to be utilised by the ACO to make sure that the Delara and the Ligier was capable of similar performance. So... A joker, which was in the regulations, has been played in order to effectively give the Ligiers and the Delaras a bit of a boost and mean that uh, they are also a likely choice for future teams coming into LMP2. Otherwise, the danger was everyone would choose the Orica 07 and we would effectively get a spec category, even though there is a choice of four. They're all running the same engines, remember, the Gibson GK. 428, it's a 4.2 litre block V8 in configuration whereas in LMP1, very different answers to the same question and in fact of the six teams that have signed up of the yeah, six teams that have signed up for LMP1 so far this year, no one team, no two teams have, have chosen to go with the same direction as far as chassis and engine combination are concerned so Rebellion Racing with their new Rebellion R13 uh, has a Gibson power plant in the back of it, that's a 4.5 litre V8 from the British engine manufacturer, as the green flag waves now by the way, so 25 minutes starts to tick away for our second qualifying session live here on RS3 we've managed to hurdle those uh, slight niggles earlier on in the session I do have pictures now thankfully and timing too and 24 and a half minutes to go it's Johnny Palmer with a solo effort for Friday afternoon but joined by Paul Truswell and Bruce Jones tomorrow come race day and we'll have a full countdown to green live on RS3 leading up to a 12.30 UK start that's 1.30 Central European time and Belgian time through till 7.30 in Belgium, 6.30 in the UK. But uh, that is not the end of our coverage because we'll have a full post-race tech show as well. And I'm sure there'll be so much to talk about in both the Countdown to Green tomorrow and the post-race tech show at the end of our broadcast. And by all means, get involved with that tomorrow via the Twitter handle at RSL underscore studio. You can use that at the moment as well, but with me staring at about 7 seven different screens for purely this session it might have to be a case of me uh, mopping up the tweets when we finish at roughly 10 past the next hour depending on whether we have any stoppages in this 25 minute session uh, the red wheel rims on rebellion number three 
make that car look even sweeter when it's in motion. Heading up towards Blanchemont now. Very, very quick part of the track. And certainly one of the rebellions then out on track. The other one will be not far behind it. Let's give you another uh, quick rundown of the other chassis then that are being utilised in LMP1. The Bicolis Racing Team, again with their Enso CLM P1 slash 01, with some work over the winter period. It's powered by their Nismo 3-litre turbo V6. CEFC TRS, TRSM Racing with two Genetta G60 LTP1s with the 3.4 litre Mechachrome power plant. Toyotas we know a bit more about because this is the TSO50 that's been run in previous seasons, again with plenty of development work though between 17 and 18. And the Toyota 2.4 litre Turbo V6 is in the back of the TSO50. That's the hybrid car, remember, two of those, cars 7 and 8. Dragon Speed with a brand new BR Engineering BR1 and that's the car that was born out of the BR01. Dragon Speed's car is powered by another Gibson V8. So exactly the same power plant as is in the two Rebellions. SMP Racing have two BR Engineering BR1s, but they've decided to go with the AER engine, which is a 2.4-litre V6 turbo for cars 11 and 17. So... That's your runners and riders. I can also now tell you about who's in which car. Fingers crossed. Now that's going to take a, a bit of time to come through. But let's try on this screen to try and get you an update on who is at the wheel of each of these cars. You're not missing any quick times, by the way, because they are about to come through very shortly. Here we go. Thomas Laurent is at the wheel of the number three rebellion that I've mentioned a lot about. Neil Yarny, who was fastest in free practice three this morning, is back at the wheel of the number one rebellion. It's Ollie Webb driving the Bicollis Enzo. Um, haven't yet seen anything from the CEFC Genetas. The CEFC TRSM Racing entered Genetas cars, uh, cars five and six. They are still in the pit lane, as are the two Toyotas. The number 10 Dragon Speed BR1 with the Gibson engine is driven by Pietro Fittipaldi. We have Vitali Petrov at the wheel of the SMP Racing number 11 BR1. And just on an outlap now, Stefan Sarazan in the 17. And in LMP2, it is Jean-Éric Verne in the Orica 07 Gibson car number 26 from G-Drive Racing. That's just a one-off appearance in the World Endurance Championship. It'll be at Le Mans as well for round two but they're only here at Spa, really, in readiness for that race in a month's time. Full season entry, though, for TDS Racing, and it's Macho Vassivier at the wheel of that 28 car. Racing Team Nederland, it's Guido van der Harder at the wheel of the 29. The 31 Dragon Speed car in LMP2 is being driven by Pastor Maldonado, again, another former Formula 1 driver. Nicola Lapierre is at the wheel of the Signatech Alpine, Matmut Alpine, car number 36. Car 37 has Jasmine Jafar, piloting it. Hopin Tung is at the wheel of the 38 and it's Julian Canal in a late change to the entry list. We don't have Fernando Reese and indeed we won't have him for the whole season. Julian Canal therefore in the number 50 Labra competition Ligier is the last driver to update you with. So late indeed were Labra competition to inform the officials that uh, Fernando Reese wouldn't be part of their team. They've been fined a thousand euros because it's still Fernando's name that appears above the garage. The red flag is now being displayed 
and red flags all around the track so the clock is immediately stopped 20 minutes and 51 seconds and how far did we get as far as quick laps were concerned as the rebellions tore their way now through Lecom and it is the number one leading the number three so that's Thomas Laurent just ahead of Neil Jarney and we had had a time through for the number three car no the number one car had set uh, but these aren't really competitive times though 156 is so we were still waiting for basically the first flying lap 156.756 from the number three car and everybody else were either doing out laps or attempted flying laps but they've all now obviously backed off because of this red flag and more information will come for that very shortly hopefully it's going to be a quick clearance but presumably a car off somewhere maybe having done some damage to a barrier as the 28 TDS racing car driven by Machev Azevier heads now towards Campus Corner with the college on the inside of that bend and then through curve Paul Frere but all these cars now being instructed to return to the pit lane with their speeds limited it is a car stranded on the Kemble Strait doesn't look like it's connected with any of the spa furniture thankfully but if it's come out on an outlap and the car has an electrical problem it's obviously just sort of chugged its way down the Camel Strait and then ground to a complete halt about two-thirds of the way down the Camel Strait and it's parked up to driver's right almost with its right side wheels on the grass not quite but obviously far too dangerous to continue the session with a car stranded on the track on such a fast part of the circuit as well recovery crew there very quickly it may well be one of the two SMP Racing BR Engineering BR1s the number 6 Janetta still sits in the garage by the way Ollie Rowland displayed as its driver but I don't believe that car has been out into the session yet no, I'm correct with that assumption. Neither have we seen either of the two Toyotas yet. The Toyota Gazoo Racing entered TSO 50s. Mike Conway displayed against the number seven car, Sebastian Buemi against the eight, but that is likely to change as soon as the cars appear in the session. So what, I wonder, are Toyota up to? Was this all part of the game plan as we got the session underway? There is obviously a bit of doubt as to whether we will see the Ginettas in the session because for yesterday's two free practice sessions, they did basically an installation lap. Each car did an installation lap in each of the sessions. So at the end of free practice two, car five had done two laps and car six had done two laps. And it would appear that Graham Loudon will not comment on the reasons for that plenty of questions obviously have been asked by journalists up and down the pit lane including our good friends at Daily Sports Car and Graham Gooden and Stephen Kilby working very hard at Spa-Francorchamps to 
update the website with emerging stories, but it's a firm no comment at the moment from CEFC TRSM Racing. And a bit of a question mark as to whether they'll qualify, as to whether they'll start the race tomorrow too. But the cars have made the journey to Spa, which was the first big step. There is a big question though now as to how much action we will see from them. Little bit of tyre pickup there on the front right Michelin of car number one, the Rebellion R13. That can be scrubbed swiftly though on the additional outlap that these cars will have to do. So Rebellion R13 at the front of the queue now. We're at uh, quarter to four local time. And yes, it is one of the BR, oh, BR1s being now stretched onto a flatbed. I think I'm pr pretty certain that there's an SMP racing car as well, just trying to tell the livery from face on, effectively. But it uh, looks very SMP-like. Meanwhile, the other BR01 from that team is on pit road and just being serviced by the team. And the third BR01 in the entry run by American squad Dragon Speed. The man in charge, as usual, is Elton Julian there. And the Gibson-powered BR01 is in the queue, eager to get this session back up and running. No indication yet from Eduardo Freitas and his team as to how long it's going to be before that 20 minutes and 51 seconds starts to tick by. But the, BR01, the BR1 from Dragon Speed has been circulating already in this session. But no opportunity for that car yet to set a quick time. But I notice that... Ah, oh no, it is uh, on the screen. The number 10 car, is the number 17 car, is still being shown as running in the session. Of course, it's not because it's ground to a halt. So it was Stefan Sarazan who had the issue in his SMP Racing BR1 with the AER engine and that car is now being then brought back to the paddock but on the back of a flatbed so Stefan Sarazan might have to sit out the rest of the session because of course he was the cause of the red flag and as per the regulations won't be permitted to continue in qualifying so we're down to nine LMP1s that are allowed to qualify still the eight LMP2s and that will probably mean that the number 17 car will have to start tomorrow's race from the very back of the grid. Not even just the back of the prototypes, but the back of a what we hope will be a 37-car entry. Session is live again, so cars back out on track. And first uh, few to, join, to rejoin the session are the Rebellion R13s, Gustavo Menezes and Neil Jarni. It's uh, Oliver Webb at the wheel of the Enso CLM. They're by Collis Racing, Enso, car number four. And we do now have the two Toyotas in the session, cars number nine, uh, cars number seven and eight, rather. Five and six, though, still not showing. Will they appear in the next 20 minutes, the two Ginetta Mechachrome cars? Out around on. And now well and truly in the toe of the Rebellion R13 comes the number 8 Toyota. Car 8 has for this portion of qualifying Fernando Alonso doing 
his first effort then. Remember, we didn't see either of the Toyotas in the first attempt at this session, despite us having the best part of five minutes of it. So let's see what the Spaniard, who is, well, is going to have such a busy season this year and heading into next as well. He's got a bit of time to wait before he's sure that he can do the early parts of next year in the World Endurance Championship. There isn't currently a Formula One calendar out for 2019. But the hope is that there'll be no clash for the Sebring race, for example, and it'll mean that Fernando Alonso can compete in two FIA championships throughout the course of 18 and 19. He's definitely going to be at Japan, we know that, for the Fuji race the 14th of October. Indeed, the date was changed almost to make to ensure that Alonso would be at it. Shanghai, 18th of November. But yes, there are question marks as to whether there'll be a clash for Sebring in March of next year and the second visit to Spa in 2019. Will they be Grand Prix weekends? We just have to wait and see. Over the line then goes the number eight Toyota and Fernando Alonso then onto his first flying lap. Not very far behind is Mike Conway in the number seven TSO 50. Also circulating Gustavo Menezes in the number three Rebellion Racing R13. Neil Charney, as I mentioned, in the number one car. It's Ollie Webb in the Bicolors Racing Enso. Dragon Speed's BR1 has driving it Pietro Fittipaldi. Vitali Petrov is in car number 11 for SMP Racing. And the sister car should have been Stefan Sarazan, but we know that car will take no further part in qualifying. And in LMP2, Jean-Éric Verne for... G-Drive Racing, TDS Racing and the Orica has at the wheel Machev as of year. Gida van der Gaarde for Racing Team Nederland. Their 29 car, which is a Delara, is shown as third position, but without times coming through yet, that is not a rightful place. It will change very shortly. Pastor Maldonado is out for Dragon Speed in car number 31. The 36 car, Nicola Lapierre, it's Jasmas Jafar in 37 for Jackie Chan DC Racing in the sister car Hope in Tongue that's car 38 as there's a bit of a moment for a Toyota running wide I think that was car number 8 and Julian Canala already mentioned driving the Labra competition Ligier so heading for Blanchimont is Fernando Alonso so much time to try and catch up now for everybody involved in this session. We've lost the best part of five minutes. And of course, everyone has to do an outlap as well before they can finally get their teeth into laps that actually mean something. Out of the chicane then, the bus stop as it's familiarly known. And Fernando Alonso's time is a 155.143, but Mike Conway immediately goes faster than that, almost to the tune of half a second, 0.464, he is up on the Spaniard. So car seven currently leads car eight in qualifying, the opening qualifying of the year for the World Endurance Championship, live here on RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Johnny Palmer taking you through the remaining 16 and a half minutes of qualifying for the LMP1s and the LMP2s third fastest 
in the early stages is the number one Rebellion R13. Fourth fastest car, number three, but there's a big off for the Dragon Speed car. The number 10, uh, brand new BR R1, I'm afraid, has uh, crashed heavily at Eau Rouge Corner. Let's see what happened. Plunge down the hill over the bridge, and there's a big wiggle there from the BR1. Uh, traction lost only temporarily from those front wheels, but that's all it takes. The car then spat off to the left-hand side. No opportunity for the driver to recover that situation. That is exactly where you want absolute downforce from the front of your prototype. And it's a big crash for Pietro Fittipaldi nosing into the tyre wall. And obviously immediate concern for Fittipaldi. It looked like the door opened pretty quickly and driver was clambering out. But let's not speak too soon because that will have come as a great shock for Pietro Fittipaldi starting a flying lap in the number 10 car and this is, prov is proving to be a rather troubled session for the prototypes that tyre wall is going to need some repairing as well because it's pierced quite a hole in the yellow and red tyre wall to driver's left the typically large crowd which has assembled on the outside of Eau Rouge caught a glimpse of that and a great view of it they had it would have been ra rather worrying for those guys I think standing at the edge of the circuit to see all of a sudden a BR1 heading right towards them these cars are built very very strongly particularly at the front end though and they are designed to take an impact such as that obviously the tyres being four or five deep there also cushion the blow for Pietro Fidipaldi but that's a massive crash for the young man and a, not the welcome he would have wanted to the World Endurance Championship red flags out all around the circuit so cars now circulating at probably something like 40 kilometres per hour as they work their way safely back to pit lane and there's even less time now for the LMP1 and LMP2 teams to have to cycle through two drivers remember they may even choose this red flag period to do their driver change this is how, how we stand then with not quite half the session gone 16 minutes and 4 seconds and it's Mike Conway fastest at 154.6 from Fernando Alonso 0.4 of a second is the gap between the two Toyota TSO 50s third fastest is the Rebellion Racing entered R13 with the Gibson engine and Neil Janney faster than his teammate Gustavo Menezes Janney's time a 156.586 from Gustavo Menezes who'd just done a 156.756 in fact so just two tenths of a second slower in fact less than that between Gianni and Menezes fifth fastest is Vitaly Petrov in the sole surviving SMP Racing BR1 and Petrov's time a 158.141 Dragon Speed that car had done a 159.158 in LMP1 but now that car will take no further part and we'll have to wait and see what, where that time puts Pietro Fittipaldi's team but one thing's for sure there's an awful lot of work for Elton Julian's team to have to do now for the rest of today and probably overnight to ensure that that BR Engineering BR1 is repaired in time for tomorrow's race. 
Seventh fastest, the number four by College Racing, Enso CLM. Ollie Webb's been doing the driving, and he said a 159.189. Uh, and then we're into the LMP2 leaders. So fastest so far is Jean-Éric Verne, fresh from another victory in the Formula E Championship. And the Frenchman for G-Drive Racing in that Orica 07 has done a 201.568. That is certainly not hanging about in the LMP2 category. He's faster than Hope in Tongue for Jackie Chan DC Racing. And Hope in's time, a 201.568. Libre Competition, the French squad in LMP2 this year. Julien Canal's doing the driving, 203.022. And then everybody else in LMP2 yet to set a competitive time. So it's not even a case that they haven't put their second drivers in. We haven't yet had a time from driver one from those crews. So the TDS racing entry, the racing team Nederland car, number 29. Dragon Speed, number 31, yet to set a competitive time. Uh, likewise for Cinetech Alpine, Matt Mutt, number 36. And the other, Jackie Chandisi Racing, Orica of Jasmine Jafar red flags remain out and get the impression that this is going to be quite a lengthy clear up process now at Eau Rouge stroke Radion after Pietro Fittipaldi went off in a big way to drivers left strange incident because the initial bit of Eau Rouge was dealt with he'd gone through the apex and by the apex of Eau Rouge, I mean the right-hand element of that. Obviously, there's that very slight left-hand kink, which is flat. And for most of these cars, you'd be taking the right-hand part of Eau Rouge flat as well. But just at the part where he wanted his front tyres to grip, the steering just washed out entirely, and the car probably moved about half a lane to the left. That meant he was totally on the wrong line. He was on the marbles, and the car went spearing off to the left, therefore and just caught the tyre barrier which immediately pitched the car into a spin and there are concerned looks now from Elton Julian from Henrik Hedman as well the Florida-based Swede who is due to be driving that car in tomorrow's race and it remains to be seen whether Henrik Hedman was due to be qualifying that car after Brazilian Pietro Fittipaldi they may have been queuing up Ben Hanley to take the car over at half distance we shall never know because that car will no longer take part in qualifying the times that it's set already should stand though it's just that it won't be permitted even if it could do it won't be permitted to continue in the session sadly it's in such a sad state of disrepair now that it won't be able to take it wouldn't be able to take the restart anyway the 17 car which was the first machine to bring out the red flags certainly won't t continue in the session again because it was the reason for the stoppage so we're not going to see sadly one of the two superstars the young men from Russia Matevos Izakian and Yegor Arudchev who have had quite a bit of success in the European Le Mans series throughout uh, season 2017 they're making the step up to the WEC for 18-19's season and joined by Stefan Sarazan it would have been fascinating to see which of those two Russian drivers was due to take qualifying. Was it Matevos? Was it Yegor? Again, that car will have to wait until Le Mans now before it can be qualified again. The 38 machine is going to confuse me all season long, I'm sure, 
as to its identification because it looks very much like the Rebellion R13s. Obviously an LMP2 car, a touch smaller than the LMP1s. But that uh, familiar livery now, Jackie Chan DC Racing, almost cam camouflage-esque with the black background and then the silver markings on it. But uh, very specifically designed by Jackie Chan DC Racing and a favourite livery from company from uh, from the DC Racing crew and hoping Tung himself Spanish flags have been attached to plenty of sections of debris fencing around the Spa-Francorchamps circuit it's a fair old road trip I suppose to travel from, Fran from uh, Spain through France and into Belgium but plenty of Spanish fans have I'm sure done that in support of Fernando Alonso and not just the current Formula 1 driver but also we have other Spanish drivers expected in the championship later on in the year it's Miguel Molina which may only may be the only other Spaniard actually in the entry and he's not here this weekend lined up instead for Le Mans to be part of the AF Corsa Ferrari crew and with uh, Sam Bird and Davide Rigon. So just the one Spanish driver in the entry for this weekend. Toyota's back in pit lane, by the way. Still, we have a red flag here at Spa-Francorchamps because of a big crash for Pietro Fittipaldi going off at Eau Rouge. And possibly the more pressing issue now is getting the tyre barrier repaired so that it is safe to get the session underway once more so a moment of contemplation making sure you don't lose your focus at SMP Racing Michaela Lotion has the helmet visor ajar just to allow a little bit of air around his face warmish day at Spa and the 30 year old is careful not to lose focus not really concentrating on anything in front of him just allowing the vision to blur very slightly and trying to remain in the zone the doors are open on the rebellions the one and three cars wheels are off though those cars with tyres probably being offered to the car very very late on as soon as the indication is received from race control as to when this session will restart we have a proper tyre battle in LMP2 Dunlop versus Michelin and with a total of seven cars in LMP2 four of those cars are on Dunlops this year three of them on Michelin tyres so let's run you through the Michelin run runners the Delara from Racing Team Nederland on the French rubber Dragon Speeds Orica 07 likewise and the Ligier of Labra Competition that means Dunlops for both Jackie Chan DC Racing Oricas Cinetech Alpine Matmut is also on Dunlops and the Orica 07 from TDS Racing likewise. In LMP1, it's Michelin's all-round, as it has been for a good few years. Although we did have, I think, a period of time when the Enzo CLM was on Dunlops, but that's no longer the case. The Ollie Webb, Tom Dillman and Dominic Kryharmer car, we hope, is one of a couple of Enzo CLMs we see this year. The Austrian outfit, Colin Collis running that team 
and the official title of the outfit, Bicolis Racing Team, have uh, been stalwarts as part of the LMP1 categories concerns, LMP1 privateer that is, and unsurprising for many of us to see those guys sign up very early on to the new shape, the new look LMP1 category, and there is another car in build and waiting to join later on in the World Endurance Championship I understand this uh, waiting game continues though Francois Perodo down at TDS Racing keeps the helmet on so that if there is a late call for the remaining 16 minutes and 4 seconds he can jump in the car as quickly as the team would wish it's Mathieu Vazivier though doing the qualifying at the moment now have they decided I wonder the Mathieu's effort is just about the best he can do and is it better therefore to get the, the non-pro driver the lesser experienced driver behind the wheel of that TDS Racing Orica as quickly as possible here are the times under our second red flag live on RS3 it's uh, the first qualifying session of the year and also just notice that there is a time starting to tick down. Now I wonder whether this session is actually time limited so that, yes, the 16 minutes still displayed on many of my screens, but there is also an eight-minute timer which has continued to tick by. So are we actually... Uh, is this session time certain and therefore has to be done within a 40-minute period? Mm, more on that in a moment, I sense. Anyway, uh, under our second red flag, uh, we have uh, two Toyotas at the top of the times. Mike Conway and Fernando Alonso doing a 154.6 and a 155.1 respectively. Then the best of the rebellions is third fastest. That's Neil Jarney. His time a 156.586. And just before the red flag... The Californian driver, Gustavo Menezes, did a 156.756 to mean that the second of the rebellions, car number three, is fourth fastest. Fifth quickest, the SMP Racing BR Engineering BR1, driven by Vitali Petrov. That car, fifth fastest, having done a 158.1. The Dragon Speed car, which has brought out this red flag after a big crash at Eau Rouge, with Pietro Fittipaldi at the wheel. That car prior to the incident had done a 159.158. Seventh fastest, car number four, the Bicolis Racing Enso CLM with Oliver Webb at the wheel. And that car's done a 159.189. Then three LMP2s, and these are the only P2s that have so far set times. G-Drive Racing, car number 26, has done a 201.5. That's set by Jean-Éric Verne. Second fastest in P2, car 38, the Jackie Chan DC Racing entered Orica. Hopin Tung has done the time, and it is a 202.6. And Julien Canal ran late into the Labra competition, Ligier, to replace Fernando Reese for the season. Well, certainly for this round. We know Fernando isn't going to do any of this uh, season's World Endurance Championship. Julien Canal filling in for him here at Spa. Will it be Julien for the full season? That's, a, again, a question of waiting till we receive further news from Labra. But the 50, 50 car has done a 203.022. And those are the only LMP2 cars to have so far set times. 
have we had any indication yet as to whether this time, whether this session will have to be curtailed in about five minutes' time? Well, there's no indication of that just yet, but there are support categories on the bill here at Spa. And it's now a question of whether those cars are waiting to be out on track for, well, indeed, there may be races as well to factor in. I will dig out a timetable just to work out when we need to get these cars off the track but with it clearly not a, a quick process to repair the tyre wall and also to make sure that Pietro Fittipaldi is extracted from that car safely he's returned to the media to the medical centre I should say and all the relevant checks are done on the young Brazilian driver here's the timetable for Friday afternoon and Yes, there is a Porsche Carrera Cup France and Benelux race scheduled for 4.30. We're now at 4.10 Belgian time. So I just wonder whether that race won't be able to be moved and it needs to be started bang on time at 4.30 for a 30-minute race. Our discussions therefore being had in race control. Uh, in offices within the ACO to dictate whether this session can continue 16 minutes and 4 seconds still displayed and in about 4 minutes time the problem is we will be straight into the time allocated for that Porsche race and in its in its slot, 40 minute slot for this qualifying, there are 3 minutes and 40 seconds to go we do have now a chance to have a quick look at uh, Twitter to see conversations being had thank you for bearing with me a little bit earlier on in the session when we not only lost pictures, also lost timing as well that was certainly an interesting part of uh, my commentary career but we got things back online and sadly this is a very stop-start session for the LMP1s and 2s Rod Chalmers on Twitter suggesting that Toyota have forgotten to order the pre sandbags possibly yes but I think there was always the argument that the hybrids would and really should be faster than the non-hybrid privateer teams in LMP1 ACO ensuring that Toyota would be part of the full transition season for the World Endurance Championship but they also therefore needed to ensure that it wasn't going to be easy for the LMP1s to get onto an even keel with the hybrid cars it's going to be possible should the Toyotas either of the Toyotas hit problems but I think for the main part in each location we go to Toyotas should just about have the edge. A wink from Fernando Alonso. He's still smiling despite this unscheduled pause. And it's turned into a lengthy delay now, I'm afraid. Michaela Lotion choosing not to get out of the car. And is that a wise decision or not? Busy pressing buttons on his steering wheel. Probably out of sheer boredom more than anything else. 
hopefully not uh, reconfiguring the car into a situation that uh, they, the team can't return to. You know what messing bu with buttons does. But Aloshin happy to stay in the office despite its uh, confined environment. It is a beautiful day at Spa. There's plenty of sunshine and a reasonable amount of warmth to the day. And one or two other comments on Twitter. Thank you for these. Uh, ah, good stuff. Uh, Dr. Daniil is uh, taking us with him uh, on a, a train journey and an appointment in London. So that's the beauty of a radio commentary. If you've got a bit of data to burn, then you don't necessarily have to have the pictures. Take RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited Network, with you for all the very latest on the World Endurance Championship. We're going to be bringing you every single race live, by the way, from this May start all the way through to June 2019, which feels at this point to be a long way off, but I'm sure it will roll around very swiftly indeed. One race per month for the first two months, but then nothing in, Ju nothing in July... So the 19th of August, the next time we'll be racing for the sixth hours of Silverstone. Just another opportunity to describe the incident for Pietro Fittipaldi. Looked like the skid plank kicked took a fair bit of dust through the right-hand element of Eau Rouge, but that wasn't the problem. It was just the fact that as Pietro turned right, the tyres, for a brief second, did not grip. They just skitted across the road surface and that meant that all of a sudden the trajectory of the car was dramatically changed power still coming from the rears but it looked like almost understeer or a bit of stalling perhaps aerodynamic stalling from the BR1 which pitched the car as I say just very slightly to the left but it is these slight changes of direction that are then uh, magnified hugely by the time you go through Eau Rouge and through Radion, more to the point, he was well offline, he was on the marbles, and the Michelin tyres were not going to grip enough for him to steer it away from the tyre barrier. And by that point, Pietro Fittipaldi, very much a passenger, as the car nosed itself into the barrier. So the car now being covered up, it's uh, been put on a flatbed, by the way. So that suggests Pietro Fittipaldi is long out of the car and will have been rushed to the medical centre for preliminary checks. But I'm pretty sure I saw the door open and Pietro Fittipaldi get out under his own steam, probably to have a quick conversation with the marshals. But the adrenaline often takes over after an incident like that. You feel, you feel OK, you feel energised, and it's only a couple of minutes after you get yourself out of the car, you realise, hang on a minute, I'm really quite shocked and unsteady after this. And the marshals will have taken great care, therefore, to sit him down, to get him into a, re a rescue unit as quickly as possible and get him back to the medical centre for those checks. So he's in the best possible hands, Pietro Vidipaldi. And the concern for the track workers and the marshals is then to get the car recovered. Covered up, obviously, for the benefit of Dragon Speed and the, de the designers of that BR Engineering BR1. We don't want to be seeing into the innards of that car after it's been so badly damaged and there may well have to be some post-testing to that chassis 
to find out whether there are any answers as to exactly what happened there. But uh, I'd be surprised if it was Pietro's fault, to be honest. Like something either failed on the car or maybe an aerodynamic uh, issue down to perhaps how the car was set up. Could be cold tyres, I suppose, but the car had done an out lap and had started uh, a flying lap, so I would be surprised at that. But maybe the front tyres struggling for a little bit of temperature. The tyres now being worked back into position. And the tyre stacks that deep at Eau Rouge that I don't think the ripple effect will have damaged the Armco barrier behind. So it's just a question of making sure those tyre stacks are safely put back in place before we can get qualifying again. The 40-minute section of the day, which was reserved for qualifying, well and truly over now. And yeah, we're three minutes beyond that. Bearing in mind the session should have actually finished at 10 past the hour. So 4.10 in Spa, 3.10 in the UK. We've got a bit of overtime here on RS3. It looks like the organisers happy then for this session to run its course. 16 minutes and 4 seconds still to go. And the teams are really just eager now on the apron to get the go-ahead. Even the cooling um, blankets have been brought out to try and address the cockpit temperature on the number 8 and the 7 Toyotas. So cooling blankets by which I mean sort of silver foil on the outside to reflect the sunlight away from the cockpit and just to try and cool the area where the driver will sit in a moment or two as I've already said Fernando Alonso clambering out of his number 8 car might be put back in again although that car has now set a time or rather Fernando has now set a time in the number 8 machine a 155.143 so that car could be handed over to Kaz Nakajima or Sebastian Buemi. Mike Conway marginally quicker, four and a half tenths faster indeed than Alonso. So again, that car could be now handed over to Kamui Kobayashi or Jose Maria Lopez, depending on which direction Toyota want to go. But the cars that still need to give us a first qualifying time are well we can discount this is the LMP1s by the way we can discount the SMP racing number 17 that's out of the session as we know but we haven't yet seen anything from either of the two Ginetta G60s with their Mechachrome engines so are we going to see the two cars from the CEFC TRSM racing crew or will they sit out qualifying entirely and LMP2, as I mentioned, three of those cars have so far offered us an initial effort from driver number one. So Jean-Éric Verne, Hoping Tung and Julian Canal are all fine. They've done their times. They'll be handing over to their co-drivers probably for the second period of qualifying. But as yet, nothing, nothing set by TDS Racing, Racing Team Nederland, Dragon Speed, Cinetech Alpine, Matmut, all the other Jackie Chan DC racing car number 37. It is going to be a rushed effort for all of those five cars. And Dragon Speed 
okay massively gutted by the way that their LMP1 session has gone so far they're going to be presented very shortly with a badly damaged BR1 Gibson but they shouldn't lose focus and I'm sure they won't on the LMP2 qualifying because car number 31 still needs to do two times from two separate drivers no less 16 minutes is just about enough time I think to do an out lap a flying lap then an in lap a driver change and then you're going to have to do an out lap and a flying lap all before the chequered flag this could be very very tricky indeed I mentioned the uh, the warmth at Spa Francorchamps this afternoon just above 20 degrees Celsius with not too much wind speed 6.4 kilometres I believe meanwhile the track temperature is 5 degrees higher than that so 25 degrees on the nose for the asphalt and there's a 37% chance or rather 30% uh, humidity so a little bit of moisture in the air but I think a zero chance of rain because it is a uh, wall-to-wall blue sky overhead the sun is shining at Spa-Francorchamps the only thing we don't have is cars qualifying for this opening session of the year for the World Endurance Championship Roman Rusinov taking this opportunity to put the shades on take a bit of shelter on the Pratt Perch at TDS Racing thumbs up as well remember Roman Rusinov not doing the full World Endurance Championship this season first time he hasn't done the full year since 2012 and I think he only missed one race that year didn't do Sebring to kick 2012 off but did every other race in the WEC and has been an ever-present ever since doing Spa doing Le Mans but then the concentration after the June race is the European Le Mans series with the G-Drive racing outfit so it's good to have the extra entry here this weekend in the form of car 26 G-Drive racing run by TDS racing but they're just doing this one-off appearance at Spa-Francorchamps the entry for Le Mans needless to say is already looking superb and if you think LMP2 is impressive with the seven cars so far then try probably trebling that for the Keystone event next month great to have LMP1 numbers bolstered as well I know we've lost Audi I know we've lost Porsche but Toyota still very much part of the WEC and work frantic work being done behind the scenes to get more manufacturers involved in the top class Gustavo Menezes choosing to step away from his Rebellion R13 for the time being. The hands device and the helmet remain in the cockpit but with still no indication from race control as to when this session will restart as the work continues at Eau Rouge to repair the tyre wall there is the opportunity to turn engines off and just move away from the hot race cars because it's a warm enough day as it is now Eau Rouge looking relatively quiet now I think probably the tyres are back into position no 
That's uh, La Source corner. So frantic work continues with Manitou's, a couple of them in operation. Oh, and Eduardo Freitas actually now on ground level. So he has come down from race control, maybe to take a walk up to Eau Rouge to check out the repair work that's going on. Is there an idea to curtail some of this session? Yes, he's taken one of the race control vehicles indeed. Porsche out to pit lane exit, but not the exit that we're using this weekend. Actually, the exit that's used for the 24 hours of Spa, so a bit further round when we're utilising the double pit lane here at Spa. There is a separate exit from the pits, and that's the area that Eduardo Freitas has parked up. Much laughing from Jasmine to Jafar down in the garage at Jackie Chan DC Racing as well. He's realised he's on camera. Jasmine has uh, probably done his lap and one and only lap in this session. Jafar, no, it's actually, I beg your pardon, he's in the other Jackie Chan DC Racing car, isn't he? So we've had a time from 38. We haven't yet had a time from car 37. So Jasmine Jafar former single-seater driver and, uh, well, superstar in Malaysia. You don't get too many Malaysian motor racing drivers to the pound. And amazingly, the 37 car has four of them lined against it. We're seeing Jasmine Jafar. We're seeing Weyron Tam. We're seeing Nabil Jeffrey in the 37 car this weekend. And Afik Ikwan Yazid, also of Malaysia, due to be doing some racing later on in the year in that Jackie Chan DC Racing Orica 07 as well. But still, the time is yet to tick down and there is information now coming from Eduardo Freitas to the teams, possibly an idea of, therefore, what is the intention for the remainder of the session. An estimated time of resuming is... 4.28 so that's in a minute's time 3.28 UK time we are about to get the session up and running again and I have to say the marshals at Eau Rouge have done an incredible job yes there's plenty of scuff marks on the belt on the outside of those tyres but they've managed to put the jigsaw puzzle back together brilliantly well there's always a danger of course that you try and reassemble a tyre wall and then turn around and there's still, there's still a spare tyre stack there that somehow doesn't fit anymore but they've done a really good job of realigning everything and you'd almost guess that that uh, Dragon Speed car hadn't had it in its incident so well has that tyre wall been repaired sadly the very damaged front end of the number 10 car would belie that fact and that will be get going back to Dragon Speed ASAP so that Elton Julian and his mechanics and engineers can probably start a lengthy bit of work to get that car repaired let's hope it hasn't done significant damage to the tub or broken a chassis leg anything like that and maybe a new nose and plenty of work on the suspension will mean that that car can take a start tomorrow still got 16 minutes and 4 seconds to go of the session it doesn't look like we're going to get any time taken away which is good news and therefore the France and Benelux Porsche Carrera Cup Championship. He's going to have to wait a little bit of time 
for their 30-minute race, which was due to start around about now. We're now at 4.28. Session not yet started, so the estimated time has had to be delayed a little more. But Eduardo Freitas now making another announcement to the teams and to the drivers installed in their relevant cars. And I'm expecting the red flags to turn very shortly to green to allow, well, five LMP2 teams to start to post times. And they've got an awful lot of catching up to do. Still, we wait for this session to become live again. Thank you for bearing with us as a difficult session is about to get rolling again with Pietro Fittipaldi keeping our finger cro fingers crossed for him and that he can race tomorrow as well should the car be repaired in time a reminder of how we stand then the number 7 Toyota Gazoo Racing TSO 50 fastest that's Mike Conway's time 154.6 from Fernando Alonso's time which was four tenths of a second four and a half tenths of a second slower so 154.6 plays a 155.1 and we do now have a green flag at the end of pit lane the session is live once more and the time begins to tick down so 16 minutes of what you can only predict is going to be cut and thrust qualifying here there is not a moment to lose and Toyota have done exactly what I thought they might. They have done their driver changes. So Kamui Kobayashi takes over the number seven car from Mike Conway. And it is Kaz Nakajima at the wheel of the number eight, having taken that car over from Fernando Alonso. So the two Japanese drivers now at the wheel of the Japanese cars. Bruno Senna is at the wheel of the number one Rebellion Racing R13. Gustavo Menezes has got back on board the number three. So I mentioned him stepping away to take a brief break. Well, he kept his helmet and his hands device in the cockpit and he has strapped himself back in for a bit more qualifying. Clearly, he feels he can go faster than a 156.7 that he set before the second red flag of this session. Michaela Lotion, it's been a long wait for him. He barely exited the car, just sat there waiting in the SMP Racing BR1. And that car has so far done a 158.141. So Mikhail looking to improve upon that. Tom Dillman takes charge of the Bicolors Racing Enso CLM from Ollie Webb. And still, we do not see either of the CEFC TRSM Racing Ginetta G60s with their Mechachrome engines. In LMP2, Jean-Éric Verne has not yet exited the pits. Wouldn't be surprised to see a driver change, in fact, at G-Drive Racing. Hoping Tung in the number 38 car was last to, to qualify that do Jackie Chan DC Racing roll the dice as far as their drivers are concerned no change for Labra Competition it is Julien Canal remaining at the wheel of the number 50 car and more outlaps to tell you about now including in LMP2 for TDS Racing Mathieu Vazivier stays at the wheel there Guida van der Garde Racing Team Nederlands number 29 car still driven by the Dutchman Pastor Maldonado is out for Dragon Speed, car 31. It's Nick Lapierre for Signatech in car 36. 
and it's Jasmine Jafar after chuckling at the camera a little while ago after he was picked up relaxing in the garage well the Malaysian driver has uh, got back on board the Orica 07 for Jackie Chan DC Racing and he sets his sights on a good time in this session which now only has 13 and a half minutes to go this was not part of the script for many of the LMP2 teams you're tuned to RS3 part of the radio show limited network we're live at Spa with coverage of the opening race then of the World Endurance Championship qualifying GT Pro and Am went without a hitch but there have been two red flags in qualifying for the LMP1 and 2 cars and thank you for your patience it's been a lengthy stoppage after a big crash for Pietro Fittipaldi in the Dragon Speed BR1 and the major concern was repairing the tyres rather than for the driver involved and indeed the recovery of the car although that was rather tricky as well namely because of the amount of debris that uh, was strewn across the track and the runoff area from the damage number 10 hurtling its way through curve Paul Frere comes the number 7 car then now driven by Kimui Kobayashi remember trying to go flat through Blanchemont I'm sure the Toyota Hybrid does exactly that into the braking area then for the chicane up ahead is one of the Rebellion R13s looks like that car will head over the line now the number 7 in fact has already set a time so car number 7 driven by Kimui Kobayashi let's have a look the Toyota mechanics are very very happy with that time from the Japanese it is a 154.488 which is two tenths of a second faster than Mike Conway's offering that gives the car an average of 154.583 no wonder the mechanics at uh, Toyota were applauding so loudly so 154.6 from Conway 154.4 from Kobayashi it's a 154.5 when you combine the times and a very good time too from Kaz Nakajima a 154.7 from the Japanese driver that's marginally slower than Mike Conway's effort in the 7 car but the 8 car doing a 154.9 you add those times together and there is a difference of 0.379 of a second now between the average times offered by the two Toyotas next up the best of the LMP1 non-hybrids is the Rebellion R13 of Bruno Senna and Neil Jarni. Remember Andre Lotra, also part of that team, but it looks like not taking part in qualifying today. So they're leaving him back for the race at Rebellion Racing. And the R13 has done a, when you combine the two times of Jarni and Senna, it's done a 156.786. So that's slower than the best Toyota to the tune of 1.8 seconds as over the line again goes Kamui Kobayashi to go faster once more that's a 154.488 this time from the Japanese brings the average further down to a 154.5 and there's more flashing on the timing screen to indicate that Kaz Nakajima has gone through this time no slower and in fact I beg your pardon Kamui Kobayashi is a little slower on that lap through as well so is that an indication that he's actually backed it off in fact he's pitted both Toyotas have pitted so it is one flying lap and then straight into the pit lane for Kobayashi and Nakajima 
is the intention from Toyota then to hand these cars back to the original drivers. So we're talking Mike Conway and Fernando Alonso respectively. Here come the Toyotas to stop virtually nose to tail. They've been double stacked in the pit lane. Remember we're just using the initial pit lane here at Spa so that section of pit lane that runs from the chicane, the bus stop chicane up to La Source and cars rejoining the qualifying session, rejoining the race tomorrow just pop out immediately after the right hand hairpin from driver's right Bruno Senna is still running for Rebellion Racing he's just done a 156.264 so the average for car number one is a 156.4 Car three, Gustavo Menezes did return to the session, albeit briefly, and a 156.992 is the average time for car number three. SMP Racing's number 11, BR Engineering, AER, has done an average of a 158.2. Meanwhile, further down the order, LMP2, bit of shuffling taking place there. The LMP2s, all of them, have only so far done one lap. So we are waiting for the second driver to be installed. And bear in mind, we're running desperately short of time now. Eight minutes to go. But an outlap is going to cost you best part of two and a half minutes. So that's a quarter of the remaining eight minutes gone in a flash. But LMP2 looks like this. Signatech Alpine so far fastest after Nicola Lapierre did a 201.4, that's car 36. Second fastest is the 26 Orica from G-Drive Racing. Andrea Pizzitola now at the wheel after his teammate did a 201.5. And that was Jean-Éric Verne, wasn't it, that did the 201.5. Elsewhere in LMP2, Jasmine Jafar did a 201.8 and has now handed over to Nabil Jeffrey. The number 28 TDS rating entered car has done a 202.0. Francois Perot, though, though, now has taken charge of that. The Dragon Speed number 31 car of Ricardo Gonzalez has just headed out of pit lane. So Ricardo Gonzalez, sorry, Roberto Gonzalez taking over from Pastor Maldonado, therefore. Gabriel Aubrey for Jackie Chan DC Racing in the Orica goes out in the 38 car after we saw Hope in Tongue qualify initially and actually Obri's through to post a 202.986 and also we've had a time offered now by Andrea Pizzitola as well so in LMP2 things starting to liven up LMP1 it looks like the main players have pitted and are probably going to stay there now haven't seen the Toyotas rejoin. The Rebellion R13s are back in after just a single flying lap from Bruno Senna. And Gustavo Menezes looks like he's done enough. Still no shows are the Ginetta G60 Mechachromes. What is happening at Team CEFC TRSM Racing? And will they take the race start tomorrow is the next question because it appears they will not take any active role in qualifying for the first round of the championship. Signatech Alpine remains at the top, but remember that car's only given us one fast time so far. Pierre Thierrier is now at the wheel of car 36 to give us another time. 
Nabil Jeffrey circulating in car 37 to do likewise, as is Francois Perodo in car 28. Andrea Pizzitola has done a time, therefore, of the cars that have done two times now, it is G-Drive Racing that are the best placed. A 202.4 is the average from car 31. And second fastest, legally, therefore with two times, is Jackie Chandisi Racing Orica a 202.986. But let's see what Cinetech can do, what Jackie Chandisi Racing can do, what TDS Racing can do as we wait then for the key players in LMP2. Here's car 26 heading into the right and the left and now down towards Campus Corner about to exit Curve Paul Frere and pedal very very quickly indeed past the karting track and towards Blanchemont one of the fastest parts of this 7 kilometer Spa-Francorchamps Grand Prix circuit everybody very concentrated indeed down in the garage at G-Drive Racing it was a great time from John eric Verne to kick things off there and Andrea Pizzitola has already done a 203.2 he no doubt feels he can do a little bit better than that though and this is his time to shine bear in mind we are inside now the final four and a half minutes of this, I was about to say, elongated qualifying session. If anything, it's been shortened because of the fact that we've got a lot less track time for the runners and riders. But the time span of the session massively increased, bearing in mind we should have been finished uh, over half an hour ago. But because of that uh, lengthy second red flag, we do have a bit of overtime here on RS3 and a chance for the teams no doubt to utilise a bit of strategy as to who they put into their cars and when some of the decisions will be automatically made for the crews purely because of the time limit three and a half minutes to go and the third fastest car in LMP2 which is the Dragon Speed number three, number 31 entry rather is just heading now through Blanchemont Corner it's Roberto Gonzalez at the wheel of car 31 for Dragon Speed already done a 204.4 can Roberto get any closer though to the effort posted by his teammate Pastor Maldonado Pastor Maldonado who was fastest in the pre-season prologue in LMP2 really likes the way these cars behave and is sharing with Andrea Pizzitola who goes across the line to set a 203.367 that time around so wasn't a million miles away from his best but doesn't it obviously improve the average time of car 26 with that effort over the line comes the Enso CLM now with uh, Ollie Webb back at the wheel so we had Webb to start that car pretty much all the way up to the first red flag I think actually Webb rejoined after that first red flag as well but they did a driver change at Baikoles racing team during the second the lengthy red flag period and put Tom Dillman in the car Tom wasted no time at all doing a time and Tom's effort was a was a 159.1 well this time around 
Ollie Webb's effort was a 159.288. So great going there from the Mancunian. And let's see whether that time can be improved upon yet further to maybe get the Bicolis Racing Enzo CLM into the top five overall. There isn't that much time that their team will need to find to break into the top five. Down Kemble Strait comes the all-yellow racing team Nederland Delara, And right behind it is that provisional pole setting Sinitech Alpine Matmut. Alpine, at the moment being driven by Pierre Thirier, who is the silver-graded driver. Car 36 then, trying to improve its average, mainly by Pierre Thirier going a bit faster than a 203.3. The car's average is a 202.405. But for G-Drive Racing, that may well be end of session because the car has pitted and maybe... The guys running car 26 think they can't do any better than that. Likewise, the 38 crew have decided to park up on pit road as well. So 26 and 38 provisionally locked into second and third fastest. Is there any time left in the session for the cars behind to improve and therefore usurp 26 and 38 from second and third respectively? The 36 car clings on to provisional pole but it is fingertip stuff at, the, stuff at the moment because only 92 hundredths of a second separate the Pierre Thirier-driven car. Do we see improvement this time around for the Rebellion? No, because it's just a 2.22.8 from Pierre Thirier who decides to pit at the end of that lap. So now the provisional pole setter, number 36, is in the pits along with the second fastest car. The third and the fourth fastest cars are also in the pit lane. So who is still running and therefore could improve? Roberto Gonzalez still circulates in the number 31 Dragon Speed car. But the clock is now down to zero and the chequered flag being displayed for any runners that are still deciding to take an active role in this session. And at the moment, nobody down at Cinetech Alpine is counting their chickens. They're looking very, very concerned indeed. Maybe because they're relying on that 92 thousandths of a second being enough to stay ahead of G-Drive Racing and of the two Jackie Chan DC Racing Orica 07s. Toyota, though, think they, they've got their business done and have taken an initial pole position for this brand new and very different World Endurance Championship season that spans the years 2018 and 2019. That looks like... It is a point already then in the bank for Toyota and to the number seven crew after Mike Conway and Kamui Kobayashi do a splendid job in qualifying that car fastest by 0.293 of a second from the sister Toyota car number eight. And the two Toyotas, the hybrids in turn, are 1.4 seconds clear of everybody else in LMP1. We did not see either of the two Ginetta G60 Mechachromes take part in qualifying as part of the CEFC TRSM effort an effort of course run by Manor and Graham Loudon and John Booth and earlier on today Graham Loudon firmly having no comment to make 
as far as uh, whether these cars would take part in qualifying and whether they will take part in the race tomorrow. It's a question of watching and listening to this space to find out any more news. But if the team continue to keep the garage door closed, uh, that is maybe all that we find out until the green flag tomorrow. But LMP1 then sees the cars in this order after a, an elongated session, massively affected by that red flag after a big crash at Eau Rouge for the number 10 Dragon Speed BR1. But it did not stop and did not send Toyota off or out of their groove. They get first and second for the opening race of the year. The seven out qualifying the eight from the two rebellions, number one and number three. SMP Racing's BR1 with the AER engine netting fifth place on the grid. And the sixth placed car will be the number four machine of at number four machine of Bicoles Racing. I am just getting a little bit of information through, in fact, regarding Ginetta, and it is our understanding that neither Ginetta will run at Spa this weekend, citing funding issues. And we await word from the World Endurance Championship and from the ACO on what they might decide to do, because... Of course, if you do sit out the opening round, that may well bring into question the entry for the two Junettas at Le Mans next month. It's been suggested by certain sources. I'm not suggesting that is the decision made by the ACO, but it will be taken into account. And remember, we've got a long list of reserve teams to potentially take the spots of the two Junettas should that be a decision made by either the FIA or the ACO or both. I sense this issue is going to run and probably into tomorrow. So that's uh, certainly a conversation topic uh, to discuss during our countdown to green tomorrow and indeed post-race tech all live on RS3. Let me give you the order of LMP2 because this took quite a while to take shape and thank you for bearing with me on this after the prolonged red flag. It looks like everybody managed to get in, would you believe, two times. So... Each of their drivers managed to get into the to the eight LMP1 cars. And congratulations to Sinitech Alpine Matmut, who take a first pole position of the year. Therefore, a point already on the charts for car 36. And well done to Pierre Thirier and to his teammate Nicolas Lapierre for wasting absolutely no time at all once the session became live again. G-Drive Racing... Uh, it's a one-off appearance, remember, here at Spa. They will be at Le Mans as well, but G-Drive Racing netting second place and third position going the way of the TDS Racing entry number 28. So, uh, lots to discuss, and do stay tuned to DSC, to dailysportscar.com, because Graham Goodwin and Stephen Kilby will be settling down now in the Spa press room, about to bash away at their keyboards with an awful lot of discussion topics uh, after a tricky session, namely for the LMP1 and the LMP2 uh, drivers and teams. GT Pro and GTE kind of went without a hitch and uh, massive congratulations to the team that looks very strong at Spa this weekend, Ford Chip Ganassi Team UK. Both of their GTs start on the front row, but from two strong-looking Porsches on the second row, and what I wonder are the Ferraris, the, the uh, BMWs and the Astons planning for tomorrow's 
race. Uh, thanks for bearing with us here on RS3. We got there just about, and be assured that tomorrow uh, we will have an awful lot of discussion topics, as I mentioned. We are live on RS3 throughout the afternoon with a race start at 1.30pm Central European time. That's obviously an hour behind in the UK, but we also have our countdown to green. Same channel. We've kept it nice and easy for you to locate locate, uh, where the coverage will be. And we'll be joined by Paul Truswell and Bruce Jones tomorrow as well, taking you through every step of the opening race of the World Endurance Championship. And do check the schedule uh, around the world because it adjusts to your local time. I can tell you here in the UK, it'll be an 11.45 start tomorrow morning for a countdown to green. 12.30 start, as I say, through till 6.30. We'll cover the podiums and then at about 6.40, UK time, 7.40 in Central Europe, we will start our uh, WEC Spa post-race tech show and dedicate... Probably about half an hour to that. It depends how much we've got to get through. But uh, 30 minutes should cover it from 6.40 through till 10 past 7. But as I say, if you're elsewhere around the world and tune to RS3, go to RadioLeMond.com or RadioLeMond.co.co and the schedule will adjust uh, depending on wherever you are in the world. An extra 45 minutes I make it of coverage here on RS3. I hope I'm on overtime. We will speak to you tomorrow at 11.45 UK time. Myself, Bruce Jones and Paul Trustwell. Until that point in time, thanks for listening. Bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.